Dosri Nune Gor Holodeck Cash. Welcome to the Holodeck is Broken, a Star Trek rewatch podcast. I'm your Captain Laura. I grew up watching most of Star Trek. I'm your first officer, Mac. I've watched way too much Star Trek. I'm Eris, your communications officer, and I've seen some of it. I'm Z, chief security officer, and I have no idea what's going on. Our seven-year mission. To rewatch all of Star Trek from the very beginning. Boldly going where everyone but me has gone before. Hey everyone, I'm Laura. I'm Mac. I'm Eris. And I'm Z. And this week, your away team returns back to the beautiful Bajor sector. And uh, returns to the Deep Space Nine space station for Deep Space Nine Season 2. After Deep Space Nine Season 1, I think we had a lot of positive reactions to the Mm -hmm. show. How do we feel about Season 2? Um, it's so good. Uh I I don't know why. I I, I feel like that answer made it sound like I don't like it. I do like it. I don't know why I'm just like not as enthusiastic as I was. And it could just be the ADHD novelties wearing off. I'm like, oh yeah. I still love the Frontier Town setup. Absolutely. There's definitely characters I like. I think I just found myself zoning out more with certain character storylines. I agree. I think this is their weakest season now okay. that I'm rewatching. Like, one has some novelty. Three, I think they really start building their larger story. Okay. Like, th- th- this season ends with the, the sort of lighting of the fuse right. that will create the larger story. A, a cohesive antagonist. Right. And this one feels a little bit like they're putter- puttering around, not quite... Yeah. Reaching for their maximum potential. I like that you say that because I was just thinking, I really like TNG. I think I like TNG more than Deep Space Nine. But this season feels like early TNG. And I didn't necessarily like TNG in the beginning. And what I like about them now is that I know the characters really well. Mm -hmm. So I I think that's really interesting you say that. Yeah. And put the pieces together for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because there's a lot of really good character building episodes. but like, But as far as like them achieving their overall goals we've just mostly gotten like backstory yeah kind of stuff a lot of that yeah without any like oh yeah i got promoted and there's no real single episode where you're like oh shit that's a good one like even with season one Uh there were several cure episodes where you're like god damn that was good yeah see i had i had one that i think is my favorite but Mm -hmm. i think you're right it wasn't like a oh that was a really good episode it was it was a like oh that was a good so, yeah. what was it? Odo's diary, the necessary yeah. evil. Yeah, that was very good. Yes, that yes, I like that one a lot. The uh-huh. yeah, For, uh, the curated list I sent to the away team before uh, watching included episode one, the homecoming. Episode two, the circle. Episode three, the siege. Episode five, Cardassians. Episode six, Melora. Which I think we'll have some things to talk about on that one. I have two pages of notes. Yep. Uh, episode seven, rules of acquisition. Episode eight, necessary evil. Episode twelve, the alternate. Episode eighteen, profit and loss. Episode nineteen, blood oath. Episode twenty, the Maquis part one. Episode twenty-one, the Maquis part two. Episode twenty-two, the wire. Episode twenty-three, crossover. Episode twenty-four, the collaborator. Episode twenty-five, tribunal. And episode twenty-six. The Gem Hadar. So, uh, Necessary Evil was your favorite, Eris? I mean, Necessary Evil was very up there. I would say that's probably my favorite yeah. of this season, with it being a yeah. weaker than average season. There were moments in almost, I mean, I watched the whole season, there were moments in almost all the episodes that I was like, yeah! yeah. And also, then I started doing the math, and most of those moments had to do with Quark, so I mean, like, all right. Because <laughs> Quark has quickly risen to 
being my favorite character, so that's delightful. Pretty much every time he's on screen, I love him. <laughs> he's he's a he's a good little guy. I literally wrote for because it's not on our list, but I watch like I said, I watched all of them. Episode four, which is the one where the Dax gets kidnapped and then redaxinated and then whatever. That's that's um, yeah. I I go here. Yeah. I know words. Anyway, I literally wrote Cork uh, is learning consequences. <laughs> Because he does, he does at that moment. The rest of the season, I was kind of keeping an eye for it. There are many times where he goes, "It can't always be about the money." Like you see, and he's still definitely. I definitely want to get paid, but like you can see him doing like maybe money isn't always the right. Yeah, that's the interesting thing about the Ferengi on the show because obviously, like early TNG, they were painted mm-hmm. as the new Klingons, like ooh, they're going to be the mysterious right. villains, and we should be scared of them. And then they show up, and they are absolute clowns. Yeah. <laughs> and then in Deep Space Nine, they lean into the clowns. I mean, they are comic relief often, uh-huh. but it, what what they illustrate, which is really interesting, is TNG has this utopian ideal. But it's static and it already exists. Right. And becomes unobtainable for any kind of audience to grasp onto. But the Ferengi get better. Right. You can see they how... Ra- they wrestle with some of these things. Is it is profit all there is? It, can we be better people? Yeah. How do we be better people? Whereas the humans don't have to wrestle right. with those questions at all. And when they do, they don't do so great at it. It's almost mm. as Don't they if... talk about that at some point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Plot. I Actually, which the Gem Hadar, in. they start yes, to talk about one. it. Uh, but I, so it's I an re- ongoing theme, too. Yeah. yeah. I really like Necessary Evil, mm-hmm. but I think my favorite one, I think it's Marquee Part 1, mm-hmm. since I watched this part back to back. It's when he's talking, yeah, it's when he's talking to the Vulcan lady, mm-hmm. where she's just like, I'm a gun runner. And Quark is just like, have you considered that what you're doing is illogical? And he just totally destroys this Vulcan sense of logic. And it's just like, Quark's not wrong. He's He's just like, there's a cheaper way to obtain peace. If peace is what you're after, you're paying way too much for it. (laughs) He is not wrong. Yeah. He is rarely a liar. Yeah. He is not even the slightest bit hypocritical. There is never a moment where he has pretense Mm -hmm. or he is Quark. Yeah, but he was a little toxic with Natima. I mean, yeah. 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 Okay. Expand on that. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying he's a perfect person. I'm no, just, like, no. I really like he's, his character. He's definitely not. He is misogynistic oh, and he yeah. is materialistic. Yeah. He, he's, like, there are bad things, but that is the interesting journey is that how do you get from I'm Fringy Prophet to something heroic. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It just, Natima said no a lot and he did not listen. No, for That's sure. That's true. So I yeah. was, yeah. But, yeah. but I think Quark still came out of the season as my favorite character. I, th- I think oh, this, yeah. so. as a weak season, I think Quark is still the MVP of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's interesting to me because like, this is also the season when we, he, he is quoting rules of acquisition left and right. Yeah. I started actually writing them all down every time he said one. I have um, a list of the entire so, 285 so I can put it on a poster or something. Yeah. That's, that has to there's exist. A whole, there's a book. There's that, a, yeah, there's a whole thing. Thank God. Um, so <laughs> like every time he started writing one, but so it's like interesting to me that like, yes, he sees these things that are the tenets of his entire culture that have built, it's its almost a religion. They've turned capitalism into a religion. Like, yeah. Kind of like us. Um, but Ooh. he's if quoting them. If we're going to get any better, we have to look to the Ferengi. <laughs> no, right. yeah, 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 honestly, because he's quoting them like it's somebody who's like, 
questioning his beliefs almost. Mm-hmm. Although right. the my fa- absolute favorite was in the very first episode when he and I God I forget what was happening where he's talking to Odo and he they he had said something to Odo and then later somebody else is talking to him. He's like rule of acquisition number seventy six. Every once in a while, declare peace. Mm-hmm. It confuses the hell out of your enemies. I think that was the opening season, <laughs> scene yeah. of season yeah. two. Yeah, no, that was the Aggressive very beginning. Friendship. So, yeah. like, yeah. Uh, like, Quirk opened this whole thing, and then he ends in the final episode with this massive, like, oh, I think you guys have something to learn from us. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that's absolutely true. And yeah. you mentioned Proton Loss. He's toxic. That was not the reaction I had to it. I don't say that you're wrong there. I think that's, yeah. that's true. But it's so interesting that an actor like Armin Shimmerman and in playing a character like Quark gets to be a romantic lead in an episode. That is not something that another show would do because it twice. Mm -hmm. Which one was the other one? Um, Rules of Acquisition. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, you're, I was thinking of Profit and Loss. Yeah. Yeah. And he gets to later, too. He actually marries a Klingon briefly oh. in the next season. <laughs> oh, my And it's delightful. <laughs> <laughs> is it a marriage of convenience? Yes. Is there love there? Also, yes. Oh, I also, those are the best kinds of tropes. I yeah. love how, like, the Federation looks down on Quirk. Because mm-hmm. he's correct. They, they're they racist towards Ferengi. They are 100% yeah. towards Ferengi. Like, but, get them Ferengi out of here is, like, but a frequent Quirk phrase. <laughs> frequently can get it. Mm-hmm. Like, this, like, like he, where he's actually, like, ta- like being... Because, like, I don't, he lies... Kind of, but he like even more like obfuscates. He doesn't usually, and when he brags, he will never lie about lying. Yeah, yeah. When he's like talking, I can't remember who he's talking to, but he says like, "Well, that's that's when I learned to like not sleep with the boss's daughter," Mm -hmm. and it's just like, "Wait a second, you got it from the boss's daughter." Like, man, got game. Oh yeah. as much as it. like, as much as Dax and Kira like, P- please don't touch me. He's just like, yeah, but I, it'll, it'll uh, okay. the same way. Kira, please don't touch me. Dax, don't touch me right now. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. There are two distinctly yeah. different reactions. Dax is like not in public. Right. right. Yeah, I think my favorite episodes were, have been all like some of those Ferengi centric ones, and yeah. throughout the whole show, those are tend to be my favorite because I dislike some of the other things. Like Rules of Acquisition was my favorite of this season. Yeah. Um, followed kind of closely by Profit and Loss. Like, I very much, yeah, like, Rules of Acquisition, that episode was basically Shakespeare. Um, And so that was with Quark as, like, our our main main guy, which is really funny. Uh Um, But also, uh, what was the other one that I really liked? Oh, yeah, Necessary Evil was another good one. Blood Oath is also one that I I liked. I think the The ending... The three old Klingons. Yes, yes, that was another one that I think was was kind of one of my favorite. And The Wire, because... I love watching Garrick in a whole different way. Mm-hmm. I think that ending was way too abrupt for yes. my taste. That could have been like a, a longer or a better done episode, but it was it had some good bones. Yeah. Which one? The Wire. The Wire. Oh, yeah. I hated that one. <laughs> I was so confused by the end. I was like, I feel like I wasted my time watching this. Because oh, I had no idea what was going on. Oh. Rehab. rehab. It was about rehab. <laughs> <laughs> That doesn't explain anything. Okay. <laughs> it's also like Julian taking care of this man who he's pretty sure is, mm-hmm. you know, a spy mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah, and... he's, yeah. But he's like, God damn it, I'm still going to do my job. He <laughs> basically <laughs> became a private nurse. I don't think he was doing his job because no, it no, seemed like sure. he was in Garrick's quarters 24-7. <laughs> he, that was, okay, 
okay, so here's the thing. I understand why you don't like it because also, because Garrick lies all the time. Garrick <laughs> lies about lying. He lies all, he lies like he's like, he likes breathing. Yeah. Um, but he never denies lying. But he never denies lying. He's like, of course I fucking lied to you. I'm a fucking liar. Yeah. And then you're like, but you always lie. So when you say that you're a liar, are you actually a liar? Because now you're I mean, lying about being a liar. He's just like, you'll never know. The, the commonly memed <laughs> conversation between Julian and uh, Garrick is uh-huh. uh, which parts were lies and which parts were true. They were all lies. They were, of course, they were all like, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> ship Garrick and Julian now so hard. <laughs> that was the welcome mo- to Trek Twitter. <laughs> that, that was the moment that I was just sort of like, they're not banging yet, but Garrick has a long con ready for this. He's just like, he's going to realize he's bisexual, and I'm going to be the one who makes him realize it. <laughs> I don't think it's that. I think it's purer than that. It's he loves him so much, he just wants to look at him to. Have sex with him would sully the. He's like, You're always like, oh, he's pure Sully. Are, are you a little queer, Mac? But it's pure driven snow for him. He just wants to look at it. Once you go walking in the snow, it's not pure driven snow so, anymore. So, so Bashir is like a finely tailored suit. He appreciates them both the same. Absolutely. Well, and if he could get his hands in and... there to, you know, make some adjustments, that's fine. Sometimes you have to put on the suit and look at yourself in the mirror every once in a while. No, because then you get dysmorphia. But sometimes you're so, making a suit no for sex. somebody else and you want to wrap see it back them around. Like, I get what you get with the dysmorphia, but that is a gender issue. And I think both of those men are men. That's not true. It's not necessarily a gender thing. People with eating disorders have dysmorphia, too. Okay, true. But okay, yeah, like a body thing. But I think I think and th- these two uh, male identifying people are happy with their bodies and their gender. Yes. And they just want and I think I'm I'm proposing. Now of course I'm not a Star Trek executive. They don't pay me anything. They should. Um, <laughs> I'm just like I'm doing your work for you. <laughs> uh, I contend that perhaps a viewing of this is that they want to smush their bodies together in some type of uh, lusty uh, intimate setting. I counter with the fact that Garrick looks at Bashir like someone would look at a fine piece of art. Yes. It is beautiful to him, and he wants to be near it all the time. He doesn't necessarily want to lick it. <laughs> you don't want to lick fine pieces of art? I do not. We live very different Sometimes. lives. <laughs> and, I, and I celebrate you in that difference. I just, I don't. Listen, listen, I, like, the, the slight tangent, but I promise it wraps up. I was literally just talking about, like, we, we were sh- at, at work, because of course it's at work, we were sharing what our intrusive thoughts are and what they tend to try to get us to do and mine, 99 times out of 100 is, what if you put that in your mouth? <laughs> I do not. I, I, I have, hey, look at that. You have, give me that in my mouth. <laughs> I have that middle line. I just want to touch it. Like, like, if it's pokey, I want to touch it. There, there, and there's a spectrum I'm like, there. Right now, I'm like, what if I put that entire cartridge in my mouth? And I, <laughs> and I know it's not a good idea, but I'm like, well, what if I did it anyway? I legitimately believe Garrick just wants to look. Whereas okay, Bashir okay, okay. wants to lick touch. everything. Oh. Okay, so Bashir is more like maybe my impulsive and this like I'm, what if I put it in my mouth? Okay, I'm not. Okay, I'm not okay. saying that the world is this way. I'm. I am looking at Garrick and maybe my further understanding of Garrick from other seasons. True. 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 Yeah, that, I only have this knowledge. He, he does not seem like a demonstrably sexual creature. Mm, mm. But he appreciates beautiful things. Okay. Right. That's why mm. I come to that conclusion. Okay, yeah. that's fair. Yeah, he 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 is the strippy, not the stripper. 
he's look, the voyeur. Stripper rules that he can't touch. Yeah, yeah he's the voyeur. Yeah. <laughs> My cat you runs You made on that rules. so <laughs> sexual after Mac did work so hard to make it not sexual. <laughs> you <laughs> invited me onto the show. It's not not <laughs> sexual. It's just not actively tactilely sexual. Okay. I mean, while Bashir's like, what if I put it in my mouth? Right. <laughs> I, think there are three, I bet you there are three types of people in the world. People who want to put things in their mouth, people who want to touch things, and people who just want to look at things. Yeah. Look, Bashir, and my fourth I, type over here is like, I'm just going to back up and see what happens, because mm-hmm. I want no part of that. <laughs> I bet you Bashir on that one. has licked <laughs> a test tube before. I'm just saying. I bet you he has licked a test, test tube before. Oh, sure. Just Bashir? Like, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Just he, like... Going to that infirmary, he's licked everything. <laughs> this is how I know how bad switch cartridges taste. Three different times. Okay, four. we're oh, going to come four. back to that <laughs> after our commercial break. <laughs> Talked yourself into going on a camping trip with your nephew, and then you realize that you're hmm. going to have to be in the great outdoors, and you, <laughs> you ate the great... The great outdoors is for re- exploiting resources, and nothing good else will come of it. <laughs> But if you're trapped outside, then try Quark's campers. <laughs> They'll protect you from the bugs, sun, <laughs> mosquitoes, itchy plants, bad air quality, <laughs> filtered water, unfiltered water. The Jamada. Messages of social enlightenment. Black lives matter. Yes. Water is life. Yes. Trans people exist and have value and stop bothering them. Stole mine. <laughs> stop Asian hate. Yeah. Yeah. Stop, stop Jewish hate. hate. Stop hate. Yeah. yeah. Full yeah. stop. Yeah. Hashtag just stop it. <gasps> Wear your seatbelt. Mm. And drink your water. It's important. Also take your pills. Don't be racist. Don't be racist and drink water. <laughs> I'm just reading off of your water bottle now. <laughs> just because the former president of the United States can be indicted does actually mean you could be indicted if you committed a crime too. And that's not a problem. Honestly, thank God our justice system isn't like Cardassia's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there was um, lots it of issues. It is for some people. Yeah, it I is like, for some people. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true. White people, not so Yeah. <laughs> if you enjoy the eruptions that come out of that particular hole in our faces. Uh, uh, that one. <laughs> that one. Uh, you might enjoy the other fine podcasts on PartyApocalypse.com, including Disorganized. A Criminal Minds podcast with your host, Z. Oh, Laura. <laughs> and Eris. And they air on Mondays immediately after our episodes air, and I can confirm they are airing now. There is also Beyond the Cabin in the Woods with friends of the show, Donna, Kenzie, and myself, and full runs of Friendables, two friends talking about Hannibal Lecter, As the Myth Turns, and The Fourth Wall, books, blogs, movie reviews, and nothing else. Z, do you have anything to plug? I do. I have a TikTok, at underscore, it's just Z underscore. Eris, do you have anything to plug? Nope! Love my life, do you have anything to plug? (laughs) Nah. Okay. So with that, we will go back to our episode. So it's just a compulsion with the switch <laughs> cartridges. Yeah. Right. I mean, mostly every, any, everything and anything, but the switch cartridges have been a victim of this compulsion on four separate occasions. Okay, it's increased since you I mentioned... I forgot when I said three, and then when I... There had been a, a recent uh, incident <laughs> that I had forgot like to add since, in. 
since we started recording or <laughs> oh well i mean like, just a, couple, here like a couple weeks ago <laughs> like, like recent okay and, and yeah, they, like it, it was like march they taste bad <laughs> they taste bad <laughs> and you continue i mean i put them in my mouth and i go yep that tastes bad and i take them out i mean i don't eat them <laughs> but you don't when you're about to so it's a compulsion there where you're absent-mindedly Putting it in your mouth. I look at it and I go, you know it's going to taste bad, but what if you put it in your mouth? Oh, so there's actually a thought process yes. involved. It's like, I shouldn't, and yet I want to. Yeah. Or like, I have to. That's deeply fascinating to me. And it's a whole other <laughs> podcast. Like, <laughs> just what will Eris put in her mouth? I mean, at some point, I'm like, do I need to like invite you into like my therapy sessions or something? Because <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just sort of like, I get, this is like kind of all part of the mental illness thing. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I look at it and I'm like, that is going to taste bad and you will regret putting it in your mouth and yet why am I bringing it up to my... It's in my mouth. <laughs> Deeply fascinating. What else about season two? I know uh, Laura has thoughts about me, Laura. Wait, I just... Me, Laura, me, Laura. No, me, Laura. Laura. Uh, you know. <laughs> oh, should I go ahead with if my you'd thought? Like to. Yeah. Yeah. I had so many thoughts. Yeah. It's a um, uh, frequent episode discussion in our house. I have a house. big problem with Julian in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I, I never... I mean, I think they left it intentionally kind of vague, but I was just like, I was never sure, like, hey, do you actually like her, or are you using this to advance your career? Um. Actually, yes. No, it's the... It's the he finds her fascinating right. and wants to fix her. I don't yeah. necessarily think it's advanced my career. It's that I want to have, I want to have been the one to have done that. Like, yes, yeah. it will advance like, his like, career, yeah. but he thinks it's love because it's more fascination. It's just like, like, it's, um, I can put this broken thing back and, together or whatever, yes. as opposed to, wow, this chick's like, actually pretty neat. I'm the one who has the knowledge to fix this. Uh, yeah. But also, like, that ain't gonna I'm, work, Julian. Yeah, no, I know no, from where I speak. Does not work. Um, and I'm also it's like, rape take to take with ladies that you're trying to date. Be like, you're broken and I'm going to fix you. Be like, bitch, where, where do you get off? <laughs> to be fair, there's a lot of women that do the same thing though. You know, okay. You know what? You're right. <laughs> I mean, not like, not like I'm trying to defend. I'm just there's saying. There's like whole genres of women that are just like. Yeah. Oh, it's a bad thing. Not exclusively for men. Right. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Because, like, somewhere along the line, everyone wants to feel like some type of savior or something. And so it's just... And that is consistent with Bashir's character, to be sure. But I'm also, like, curious because she comes on this station, like, in full-on bitch mode right away. And the way she's talking to her superior officers, I'm like... I don't care who you are, no ensign gets to talk to their superior officers like that. Yeah. Um, And they're all just like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm like... Did we not solve ableism in the whole course of, Apparently. you know, like, we got poverty, but we couldn't deal with anything else. Yeah. yeah. Apparently That's why not. the bridge of the Enterprise-D is the only ship that is wheelchair accessible. Yeah. Lots of ramps. Lots of ramps. Why yes. didn't she request assignment on the Enterprise-D? Or another galaxy oh, right. ship. It's accessible. Hopefully yeah. not the one that Wait, blows up at the end of the season. Are there, are, weren't there only two? Or did they build more? They built plenty more. I thought they just had the sister ship. And uh, there's the Yamato, the Galaxy. Yeah. Uh, there's plenty more as time goes on. Oh, there's a Galaxy class ship called the Galaxy. Yeah, usually the, <laughs> the class is named for the first ship in the line. Uh, Hence the Excelsior class is named after the Excelsior. Glaven! <laughs> <laughs> we don't have that... <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will say... I, th- I thought she... 
she wanted to do a planetary survey on the other side of the wormhole? Was that the mm-hmm. point that of was part it. there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that would be why she was at Deep Space Nine. Still, like, yeah. I don't know. The whole, yeah. the, whole, the whole episode was just like... Uh, it could have just... been, been a, a starship going on, and that she could have been along, the, along for the ride with them. Hmm. Like, hmm. the Enterprise could have gone on a survey... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But because I'm looking at, like, at, the, the problem was, is, like, the whole time I'm like, these were not the right characters for you, honey. Like, I think her and Worf would have been an excellent combination. I would have loved to watch mm-hmm. those two go back and forth. And Riker would definitely have tried to sleep with her and not tried to fix her. <laughs> yeah. She's pointing at me. <laughs> she says that. I don't even know if there was an intention there, but there was definitely a, a Freudian slip of some kind. <laughs> Plus the fact that Julian only made out with her when she was at her most normal and like floating about in the cabin. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Julian has had he consulted me, I would have had other <laughs> ideas should, for should him. Have, she should have, and like, and she fell for it. That's the part that gets me too. I'm like, lady, no, yeah. you could do better. She fell for it in the context of one episode. She temporarily fell for it. Who among us has not temporarily, temporarily for 45 minutes fallen for all number of things? <laughs> the amount of people that I ship with other people, I am included in that. I just... Z was okay with Bashir for a time. But in this episode, we get the Klingon chef for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, oh my god. So that's adorable. My favorite part of Melora was when, in the beginning, Cork was like, don't be so excited to see me. And Oda was like, okay, I won't. And then the rest of it, I was like, oh, this is awkward. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even remember what it was, but one of my notes was, uh, oh, the... um, I think Quark is having a B-plot. Like, I don't remember what was going on. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm, like, deeply upset about the ableism in this episode. And especially because... Oh, it's Everywhere. And then, like, I'm, just, I'm not thinking of it because the, the like, the, the, the Maquis and some of the other episodes come after this one. So now, like, I'm reflecting how utopian is Earth. <laughs> like, like, there seems to be a whole lot of blind spots that they have, like, in practice. Because, like, yeah. I mean, even Cisco has that entire speech, like, oh, it's so easy for them to be a saint. They don't actually have to see what they've done by abandoning colonists. Like, Earth is, like, nice, but everywhere else it's just, like, you're on your own, which is, like, also not a great look. <laughs> it's, I don't know about everywhere else bad, right, but right, the yeah. colonies in the demilitarized zone are bad, and we'll come yeah, back to that yeah. storyline a lot. Yeah. The show reckons with that is that, Yes, there is a core of utopia, but the fringes right. are not utopian. And to go back to the ableism in Melora, there is a other side because they always talk about, oh, we've cured disease and poverty mm-hmm. and to the point where we don't know how to deal with any of those issues if they were to exist. Melora's mm-hmm. not human. She, she ha- uses a chair and has some mobility mm-hmm. issues because she comes from a planet with high gravity and she's like the only person to leave right. her planet. The Federation's like, oh, we don't know what to deal with that. Like, right. we, we, we've rooted all that out. I'm like, I don't understand. Why can't you walk off the ramp yourself? It's right. like... Yeah. But the, the interest. I mean, if you're, let's, let's take it all back to Quark here. 
Quark would have made sure everything was wheelchair accessible in his bar for her because he wouldn't want to lose the business. Yeah. What? Yeah. Accessibility is like, good for business. Right. Like, like, position like, something. Like, 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 let's take this back to capitalism somehow. It's like, because like, if we create this where it's like an accessible for the, I mean, she's just the first Elysian. Like, she could have, like, she has an entire planet of family that right. we can rely on. He's like, oh, yes. Yep. It's all about those business contracts. Yeah. There's a whole untapped market there. Yeah, I mean, yes, there and is. The Grand Negus doesn't have anything on him. Yeah, mm-hmm. poor Vizzini. <laughs> could be. Yeah. Sorry, he was he was very Vizzini in this. Yes. The, the, yeah, and I was just like, oh, I can't unhear it now. Yeah. Jumping way ahead to Star Trek Discovery, there is like on screen there is a crew person in a wheelchair on yes. on mm-hmm. the things, but the bridge of that ship is not accessible at all. And I'm like, you have someone present, and you have areas on the ship where they can go. My my theory on Federation ships that have steps is that the steps are. Are modifiable easily, just like there's a button, becomes a ramp. <laughs> so that really everything, every area is accessible, just not immediately visually accessible. Whereas Deep, Deep Space Nine and anything built by a Cardassian is like, man, I don't know what to tell you. If right? You can't yeah, make they flat out don't care. Yeah, like, yeah. But like when when the uh, Federation comes and takes over they ownership should, of the yeah. ship or of the station, that should have been the first thing they do is like federized everything to make yeah. it like yeah why don't they make it like accessible like <laughs> hey this isn't up to code like, okay that's what they're working on that week <laughs> yeah that's true i think o'brien was kind of working on making sure that they have weapon systems that's true of any kind that's true. and turn up the lights we're in season yeah. two we've got the, some of that stuff now yeah. so. some of it not really because he even says in the season it's going to take three years to get anything mm. up and running in this that's true. husk and that's why season four premiere is like, oh, like Deep Space Nine, you guys fucking suck. I'm like, oh yeah? <laughs> <laughs> We've had three years to not suck, and now we don't suck. Or <laughs> <laughs> Miles O'Brien is like, I told you it was going to take me three years because you didn't give me any staff. I had to do all this myself. Which is like proof. panting and sweat, like just like the most <laughs> terrible pit stains. <laughs> Which is proof of that Keiko probably had to drag him to that vacation because he would not have taken it on his own. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have something to say about it. So Keiko and Miles go on the vacation. First of all, that makeout seemed very cute. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, that's, yeah. The episode, you know, one would say the vacation did not go uh, great uh, as planned. Well, it's O'Brien. You know, it's yeah. O'Brien. O'Brien um, must suffer. suffer. Yeah. Um, have I told you about that? Mm-hmm. That, that is a, uh, it's a trope on the show. It's so much so that the writers knew it. They had to include... X amount of O'Brien must suffer episodes where well, something like terrible happens. There was like four of them O'Brien. in this season alone. Oh, yeah. two in a row, and I know yeah. I'm like, whoa, also, two O'Brien must suffers in a row. <laughs> yeah, poor um, O'Brien. But it's a vacation, right? And then right. the very next episode is Cisco taking his son out, and be like, it'll be fun, it'll be like a vacation. And I'm just like, you, you guys don't do you vacations. Has, like, <laughs> like this will go bad for you. How do you not? 
not already like you were coming up just a couple of weeks away from literally one of your senior officers getting fucking kidnapped and almost sentenced to death on his vacation the first <laughs> he's had in years and now all of a sudden you're like vacations what a great idea let's try that again but they're going to the gamma quadrant where nothing bad ever happens oh, yeah a place that we have only barely begun to chart we have no idea what the governing bodies are like overall now we do there's whisperings of some massive conglomeration of gonna, species that just roll over every planet, but I'm sure they're my, exaggerating. Underage so nice. son for his science project to survey a planet we've never been to before. Wow, we. When we said Cisco was the father figure, we didn't say he was a good father figure. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, as far as Star Trek father figures go, he's better than Worf. That's, That's true. true. That's true. 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 I love Worf. Yeah, I love Worf. He's. He, Occasionally tries my heart. He's not a good dad. Yeah, he's actually he not, not a bad dad to everyone who's not his son. That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. But Cisco he's is a, only he's a, good a good godfather. Dad. He's a terrible bio dad. <laughs> Cisco is like, like, hey, your son's here. Like, oh, we're in the middle of a crisis. Forget crisis. Uh, yeah, Jake, what's up? Oh, they're firing they're on us. <laughs> right. Tell me about it. Yeah. Hey, Dad, is the station under attack? Don't worry about it, son. <laughs> Tell me about this. She's not a Dabo girl, is she? <laughs> So speaking of O'Brien must suffer, did you notice how often Cork got shot in the season? It was a lot. I did not was, notice, but yes, he does get it shot. It was every like once five different times. And, and <laughs> it, it's funny because he like wails and moans whenever he needs medical attention yeah. more than any character in Star Trek history. I think. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, he now has the best. Li- He's like. Listen, this last year alone, I've been shot five times. Cut a man some slack. <laughs> like, he can just throw that out there and, like, like Bashir can just be like, you know, Oda, he's correct. He has been shot five times. Well, we are reaching the end of our time for this first part of our discussion of season two. I think we will go ahead and wrap up and then uh, rejoin us here in two weeks where we will go ahead and conclude our conversation about season two and find out just how friendly the Gamma Quadrant is. Bye! 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 Bye!